Support comes from Empower Missouri's Week of Action with in-person and virtual advocacy training for affordable housing, criminal justice, and food security initiatives March 25th through 28th. Registration at empowermissouri.org WOA. Hi, everybody. This is Jason Rosenbaum, a political correspondent with St. Louis Public Radio. Missouri Democrats selected Russ Carnahan to be their new chairman over the weekend, and the former federal and state lawmaker is taking over a party that's been on an electoral losing streak. In fact, the last time the party had a good election cycle was in 2012, when then-Governor Jay Nixon and then-Senator Claire McCaskill were re-elected easily to their posts. It's fair to say that Carnahan knows a lot about competitive elections. In addition to his contest for Congress and the Missouri House, he played a key role in his father Mel Carnahan's statewide bids for treasurer, lieutenant governor, and governor. And the 64-year-old St. Louis resident has a number of ideas to invigorate the party in the run-up to the 2024 election cycle. Here's my conversation with Russ Carnahan. So why did you decide to do this, run for chairmanship of the Missouri Democratic Party? Well, the bottom line is uh, a lot of my friends and leaders in the party from federal, state, and local offices around the state got a hold of me, and there was a concern about the transition of leadership. And uh, I think folks knew pretty well that I was a firm believer in the in the party and the value of it. But um, in a in a humorous way, I've got a lot of notes of congratulations that say, congratulations, I think. <laughs> but uh, it's... Um, but what I, what I really think is, seriously, that our state has been much better off in the past and can be in the future if we have a, a stronger Democratic Party and better balance in the political and policy debate in this state. And one party rule uh, has not been very healthy in this state. And anyone watching the you know national news and, and half awake sees almost weekly some daily bizarre thing coming out of Missouri that is pretty cringeworthy. And uh, so again, I believe there's really value in having a stronger Democratic Party uh, in in these debates and, and for progress in our state. I think that the biggest challenge for Missouri Democrats is that their geographic coalition that people like your father were able to piece together of rural voters, urban voters, and suburban voters. You still have the urban and some of the suburban, but you don't have the rural voters, and you've lost people in Jefferson County, like those types of suburbs. And I think that the question for whoever takes this job is how do you piece that coalition back together? So that's going to be, I'm sure you don't have an exact answer to that, but I feel like that's really critical for your party's future. So how do you piece it back together? Yeah, no, I actually do have an answer for that, and there's a lot of ideas around that. Uh, this is not unique to Missouri. Uh, there's been a drop-off of uh, votes for Democrats in rural parts of, uh, of the country. Um, and to me, and having grown up in, in rural Missouri, still having a, a family farm in rural Missouri, I, I represented a congressional district that was part rural and part urban. I think I have a pretty good understanding of of rural Missouri. And there's two things. One, 
there are a whole lot of issues that urban and rural areas have in common that I would describe as bridge issues. Um, you know, in terms of education, health care, you know, having broadband uh, internet access in, in you know, uh, Central City is just as important as having it in, in a rural area. So there's bridge issues and there's also unique issues and unique ways to communicate uh, in rural Missouri that I think the party has not done well with. And number one is just showing up. There's big parts of our state where people don't hear much from the Democratic Party and they don't necessarily want to hear it from Washington. They don't necessarily want to hear it from somebody in St. Louis, but from trusted local leaders that are standing up talking about issues that are important to them. And to me, that's, that's a really important formula to winning back that trust. And then the other is, frankly, the extreme links that the Republican Party has gone to to uh, really go after uh, rights and turn the clock back in access to health care, to women's health, to, you know, uh, making it harder to do initiative positions in this state, which are very popular. So there's just a number of things where the Republican Party's flat wrong and the vast majority of people don't agree with them. Democrats have to show up and really uh, highlight that contrast and and let people know they can be an alternative. There's been, you know, we've got a pretty good track record in Missouri of good government and delivering, uh, you know, as recently as Claire McCaskill in the Senate or, you know, Governor Nixon. Uh, in, in not in the not too distant past, we had, all, you know, most of the statewide elected officials. So there's still a trust there, but I think we have to do a better job, and, and that's what I'm going to be all about. You mentioned in your nominating speech that without money, your message is just not going to be able to be heard. How do you convince, like, for example, national funders of Democrats to invest in Missouri when they don't see us as a presidential state we're targeting, and they may be hesitant to invest in the governor or Senate race? You're right. No money, no message. You, it's like giving a speech in the middle of a beautiful forest and nobody hears you. Uh, you know, you have to be able to connect. So part of that, obviously, is is having money to fund that, being smart about using social media, but really kind of good old-fashioned democratic organizing and networking that uh, too often people forget about. Uh, that's a real asset. I think we can do that well. I think we can do it better. So I think for the Missouri Democratic Party, having that minimum viable product of that organize, you know, that organizing network to be able to deliver messages to every corner of the state, uh, not just you know areas where we have stronger Democratic voters, and unique to my lifetime in politics is Josh Hawley, who nationally, a lot of folks really think. He's not a very good addition to our democracy and as a member of the U.S. Senate. And there's a lot of folks, if, if Missouri Democratic Party has their act together, uh, people are going to want to invest to build that network, build the party and messaging here, and be a part of really pointing out that stark contrast uh, in the next election cycle. Even I actually talked with Senator Hawley about that exact phenomenon. He's expecting a ton of money to be spent against him. I think the question for someone like you 
is how do you make sure that money also helps other Democratic candidates? I, I was like eight years old when your father won the governorship in 1992. But one of the things that Joe Manis always told me is that Mel Carnahan was very much team oriented and wanted other candidates to succeed alongside him. So how do you replicate that when you have this opportunity in the Senate race where you may get a lot of money? You're making me smile with that memory because you may re- remember those those really tacky-looking uh, um, jogging outfits that the whole Democratic state ticket wore and went on a bus tour around the state. Wearing, I have seen wearing, those. Wearing those things. But, yeah, that was, that was their team-oriented tour. Yeah, he really believed in that, that it was his job not just to lead, but to bring others along. Uh, and so the work that... The work that you do in a, you know, a state legislative district in Springfield to organize and turn Democrats out there uh, benefits anybody running for a statewide office in Missouri and, and having a network of those districts and counties around the state that are actively out there communicating, having great local candidates, delivering the message, showing people what the clear distinction is. Uh, that to me is is an important role, and and again back to Missouri's always been a better place when we've had a good, strong, functioning Democratic Party. A lot of folks, even my Republican friends, say, you know, we really need to have a better balance in this state politically uh, to put a check on some of the most extreme things that are coming out of the Republican Party. You mentioned in your speech, too, about the non-voters that voted for Donald Trump and that if 10 percent of them were in play, it could fundamentally change Missouri politics. Can you explain what you meant by that? Yeah, I mean, people have quoted that statistic to me um, that there are more more non-voters in Missouri in the last presidential election than voted for Donald Trump. And that's that's staggering to think about. So people who had like never voted before that just decided to go and vote for Trump, basically. No, people who are not registered to vote or people who are registered voters but didn't show up, those combined, those non-voters, there's more of those people than voted for Donald Trump. And so if you think about the playing field of politics, um, you know, if we're constantly just fighting over the D's and the R's and those swing voters in the middle, what about this gigantic group of people who just don't even bother to vote? And you can't just start going after those people a month or two before the election. That's a, you know, that's a year and a half project. And, you've got, and there's different ways to reach them. But if we could just get a small number of those folks back on the political playing field uh, instead of just saying, you know, I'm, I'm so frustrated or I don't believe in the system so much, I'm not even going to vote. Uh, and you've got another group of unique voters out there. I've heard estimates of about 15 percent of the voters are Obama-Trump voters, uh, voters that voted for Obama in 2008 and Donald Trump for his first run. Um, those voters are still there, and many would describe they voted for them for the similar reasons. They were voting for somebody from you know, outside of the regular political parties that they thought was different and unique and was not going to have the same old politics. And so that, that, that's a level of frustration where I always believed as a candidate or as a party, you've got to show up, you've got to be really good listeners because you'll learn a lot. 
you'll be better representatives, you'll be a better party, uh, and uh, you, can, you can actually get things done a lot better. Now, talking about those Trump-Obama voters for a second, I spent a lot of time over the last five years in Northeast Missouri, which, as you know, used to be a big Democratic stronghold and is now strongly Republican. And one of the things I've heard over and over again is that the voters there, which I'm sure you know, have always been a little bit more conservative than people in St. Louis, they see the national Democratic Party and they cannot differentiate between local candidates who may fit their values more. And because of that linkage, Democrats have just lost everything. Is there any way to basically say Missouri Democrats are not national Washington, D.C. Democrats? Um, because I think that that is pretty key to getting the rural vote back based on my reporting. Again, you can focus on you, it's easy to make a list of, of a dozen issues where that poll 75 percent plus. The Democrats are for and Republicans are against. Um, again, we've got to get back to the basics. We've got to show up. We've got to have trusted local messengers to del- and candidates to deliver that message. And that, to me, is the winning combination. Uh, they're hearing it from people they know that you know they live that live in their neighborhoods that that you know go to their church and to their school and their university, and they're standing up for these to make these distinctions. Uh, and talk about what's at stake. Now, you also mentioned during your speech that there's a bench of former elected Democratic officials that you think could help the new generation. I mean, you're like one of them, by the way. But like, what do you mean by that? And what do you think functionally that could do to help the Missouri Democratic Party? Well, because that's a that's a that's a big strength that we have uh, is this bench of former elected officials with a bunch of experience with a bunch of key contacts that can help the party and help others. Uh, And I'm going to be reaching out to them. And many, frankly, have reached out to me to say, you know, we're so pleased you stepped up into this position, uh, you know, and and we have confidence that you're going to do things well and we want to help, even though we may not have helped in the last few years. The flip side of that, really leveraging that experience and that bench, is we've got a new generation of, of young uh, elected officials and, and young people in the party that I, and it's one of the things I, I didn't talk in my speech in front of the committee about being a member of Congress or the legislature. I talked about being the state president of the Young Democrats uh, and serving on the state committee way back when, when I was a college student at Mizzou. And I remember the mentors that I had and the examples that I had to follow, and that meant the world to me. And uh, so I just think drawing on that bench of those officials that are here, connecting them with that, you know, group of young people in the state that really are passionate uh, about standing up, protecting their rights, making a difference. Uh, To me, it's a perfect opportunity to do that. Um, One of the things that you kind of alluded to that I think is going to be on the 2024 ballot, it's, I'm assuming this, but, and my assumption may be wrong, but there's, there's widespread assumptions that there could be a, a measure to legalize abortion again in Missouri. And I think that there's a feeling that that could energize Democratic turnout more than other elections because Democrats, for the most part, are in support of abortion rights, and they could see this as an opportunity to get out and vote. Um, how much do you think that that issue could weigh on whether Democrats are successful next year? I know it's not going to be the only issue, but it seems like if it's on the ballot, literally on the ballot, 
it's going to drive out a lot of voters. Yeah. No, it's it's been a key issue in, in our country's politics uh, and certainly in Missouri politics. And certainly it's driven turnout uh, among young people, among women, among men who support rights of women. And um, that I, I just think Republicans uh, are on the wrong side of history on this. And uh, I think it's going to really it's already created a backlash we've seen uh, in turnout in the last election that was predicted to be a you know red wave it wasn't uh, and you know we saw in, in races like in Kansas when it was on the ballot uh, Kansas has a Democratic governor and and a, a Democratic member of Congress in a in a kind of tough suburban area so that we've seen examples of that around the country and I think you're going to see that in Missouri. Are you going to be involved in like candidate recruitment for statewide offices? Like, for example, there's no nobody who's stepped forward and said, I want to run for governor or lieutenant governor or secretary of state. That could change. And obviously, if there are primaries, like you have to let those primaries shake out. But like, what's going to be your role in that sort of thing? Because it does seem like in order for something like an abortion referendum to have an impact on Democratic candidates, you need to have Democratic candidates first. Yeah, no, I'm, it's something I, I was on candidate recruitment committees when I served in the state house uh, and when I served in Congress, something I believe in and um, having people who are in office reaching out to potential candidates. Um, I know there's a active candidate recruitment committee in our, you know, with Missouri House Democrats and, and Missouri legislators, um, and there's one that the party has as well. So I'm, I'm sure they're going to be very geared up. Uh, and I think there's a there's a what I've seen is a, a real excitement level uh, of people in the party these last few days that I've been hearing from, and uh, I think that is going to help. I just want to ask this for the record. You're you're taking yourself out of being a candidate in 2024, right? I, I, I am I, I, I am enjoying this job two days in. So ask <laughs> me. I'll ask but, you in a year, yeah, but, but I, got, uh, I have no, to just my, ask that question. No, I'm I'm doing this as a as a volunteer job and it's something I believe in, and uh, I think will make a difference. Uh, what would you define like when you when you step out of this position? And I don't know when that could be. You may want to be Democratic Party chairman beyond your your term. What would you define as success? Um, I guess some things I would look at. One, uh, a big aspiration would of mine would be for Missouri to be a competitive state in presidential races again. You know, for a hundred years, Missouri had about the best record of any state um, of picking winning presidential candidates. And this was a place candidates came to compete. Um, Barack Obama came within 3,000 votes or so carrying Missouri back in, 20, in 2008. So not, not too long ago, we were competitive. So I, that would be a big national goal. Um, I think in terms of Missouri getting the state legislature up to have veto, you know, where they had veto-proof uh, minorities in the legislature uh, would not be another big one. Uh, but just having a really well-organized network of contacts in every corner of the state. And again, coming from a rural background myself, um, you can't have a strong state party if you don't have strong 
representatives or officials or people that are active for you in every corner of the state. And so that's something that I'm really going to emphasize and uh, also engaging young people. Uh, they're our new generation. Uh, I had two uh, young, uh, I think, up-and-coming officials, uh, actually my own state rep, uh, Lakeisha Fre- uh, Bosley, yeah. Bosley is, is my own personal state rep uh, where I live in St. Louis. And Jalen Anderson is a young elected uh, Democrat in Jackson County. Jackson County. He's part of the Jackson County legislature. And they, yeah. were, they were the two who nominated me uh, to be chair at the meeting uh, last weekend. So, again, I was honored to do that. But it's just, uh, to me, that, that reaching out to young people and that new generation is, is super, super important. You can read more about Russ Carnahan's vision for the Missouri Democratic Party by going to stlpr.org. I'm Jason Rosenbaum, and thank you for listening. Public Radio's The Gateway gives you the day's news first thing every weekday morning. From the ever-evolving relationship between St. Louis City and County to developments in the Missouri and Illinois state capitals and reports from our correspondents in Rolla and the Metro East. We put it all in a roughly 10-minute package with clarity and context. Download The Gateway wherever you get podcasts.